Another critical game for the Jaguars happens this Sunday at TIA Bank Stadium in Jacksonville. I'm Tony Wiggins with your Jacksonville Jaguars report here on Locked on Jaguars. The JETS Jets come rolling into town with Sam Donald at quarterback and Adam Gaze at coach. I'm going to tell you right now, they're having a hard, hard time uh, this season so far. They're 1-5 uh, after a dismal performance against the New England Patriots on Monday night. They're hoping to come in here and regroup a little bit in Jacksonville, but it doesn't seem like that's uh, very likely to happen since the offensive line of the New York Jets struggled so mightily. And they're going to be playing right in the teeth of the Jacksonville Jaguars defense with Calais Campbell and Yannick Ngakwe and Josh Allen leading the charge. It looks like Sam Donald and crew aren't going to get their desired result when they come to Jacksonville on Sunday, but this is the NFL, so I guess we'll just have to wait till Sunday to see. But I'm of the opinion that this plays right into the hands of the Jags because the Jags actually are strong where the Jets are weak. And uh, I just mentioned it. They're strong as can be on the defensive line, and the Jets are relatively weak on the offensive line. And then the other thing is uh, Sam Donald being a young guy, he probably wants more weapons than Le'Veon Bell and Jameson Crowder. I will tell you one thing that the Jets probably have uh, their their eyes on is maybe doing a little bit of max protecting and finding uh, Robbie Anderson deep because Anderson is a speed merchant who can possibly get behind some of the players for Jacksonville. So we'll just really, really have to see if Jacksonville can get to him early because if they don't, the Jets actually have some weapons. We saw that against the Dallas Cowboys just two weeks ago. So that part of it I'm looking forward to. Now, if you flip it around, I do think this comes down to Greg Williams versus Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew being a young player, um, Greg Williams' former team, uh, two or three teams ago, uh, the New Orleans Saints had a very, very good game plan uh, to not be so aggressive on the front side, but to make Gardner play uh, from the pocket and keep him in a phone booth. And it was very successful two weeks ago. Greg Williams is known to be very, very aggressive. And I think when you're very, very aggressive, what happens is you're able to give running lanes to Gardner Minshew and you're susceptible to draws and screens. So Leonard Fournette is going to be a key. Gardner Minshew's best friend in this situation will be Leonard Fournette. And if he's able to run the football and uh, keep the Jets' defense off balance a little bit and punish them for actually – being aggressive the way Greg Williams always wants to be aggressive. So uh, turnovers will also be a factor, uh, and special teams will also be a factor. Right now, Logan Cook is booming the ball, looks like a guy who's going to have a chance to be a Pro Bowl punter, and Josh Lambeau, I mean, he hasn't missed since my kids were born, and my kids are now grown and out of here. So, And he can hit it from 55, 60 yards. So I'm looking forward to Jacksonville having a very workmanlike game this Sunday. And uh, having that workmanlike game also means that uh, there are times when, you know, it's not going to look very good, but they're going to actually be able um, to get through it and get out of some of these tough, tough situations uh, that they might find themselves into. So all of this stuff will be discussed. Obviously, it's a a good Wednesday uh, for you guys to listen to Locked on Jaguars because... It's always crossover time where we have a guest on. We got Locked on Jets on today. 
so it'll be a lot of uh, fun. As well, will the stadium be fun on Sunday? Because on Sunday, I expect a big, large contingent of Jets fans uh, to try to come to Jacksonville, enjoy some of this nice, sunny weather, and then to make a lot of noise. Because, as you know, as bad as the Jets have been over the years, you got to admit, man, their fan base has been extremely passionate. And who doesn't want a mid-October, mid to late October vacation uh, in North Florida uh, when you live in New York City? Uh, however, I do expect after this game, Jacksonville is going to be able to take their record to 4-4 four four at the halfway point. Uh, I think they'll outclass the Jets eventually. They better because if they don't, it's a problem. If they don't, then you guys need to really, really listen to our podcast here on Monday because I'm going to have a whole lot of things to say if Jacksonville is not successful in this game, man. I'm telling you, this is a game that the Jacksonville Jaguars have to find a way to win. All right. Yep, they definitely got to find a way to win this game. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. Our guy, John Buchko from Locked On Jets, is going to join us for a Wednesday crossover edition. We're going to break a lot of this stuff down, man, back and forth between the Jets and the Jaguars and some of the matchups. Um, and we'll do that in, in, in just a second. I got to remind you guys about my friends at Roman, a men's health company, and they are changing the game with Roman Swipes. The secret to longer-lasting sex. Get $10 off of your first order of swipes and free two-day shipping at GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL. All right, Crossover Wednesday coming your way with John Buchko from Locked On Jets. Before you do anything, man, be still. Listen to your boy T-Wig. And I'm going to tell you about Blue Chew. Blue Chew has worked for me and I'm telling you, if it works for me at 50 years old, it can work for you. You can now increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed, fellas. And I'll tell you, man, there's nothing wrong with admitting that sometimes you need a little bit of help. And sometimes, you know, it, it may not be a malfunction problem. It just may be a, a situation where you want to show up, show out, and be the man you always once were. And you can do that at BlueChew.com. That's all right. Blue like the color blue at bluechew.com. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit bluechew.com and get your first shipment free when you use a special promo code MLB, like Major League Baseball, MLB. Just pay $5 in shipping. Again, that's blue, B-L-U-E, chew.com with the promo code of MLB to try it for free. Blue Chew is better, cheaper, faster, and we thank them for sponsoring this podcast. All right, welcome to a Wednesday edition of Locked On Jaguars and Locked On Jets. It is the crossover edition. I'm Tony Wiggins, for those that don't know my voice here at Locked On Jaguars, and I'm joined by my friend John Butchko in New York with Locked On Jets. John, what is happening? Well, it's not a good week for the Jets. Uh, another pretty ugly loss on Sunday for them. You know, I think it's been a disappointing season so far for, for both of our teams. Yeah, you know what? The Jags, though, they, they're fighting, man. They're hanging in there. They're trying to get to 4-4. Four and four. They lost Nick Foles in, uh, in the first quarter of the first game this year to a broken clavicle. But they've had a nice, a nice little... Uh, boost from Gardner Minshew in, in, in terms of pop culture as well as his play. 
Um, you guys got a boost last week with uh, uh, Sam Darnold coming back, but uh, you guys—I think you have, you guys just had a bad draw last night on the Monday night game or two nights ago against New England. Yeah, it was. A, I mean, it was a pretty dismal performance. I, I'm, I'm disappointed. I felt like the Jets stood a good chance. I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure I would say the Jets stood a good chance to win, but I was hoping for a more competitive game. As you mentioned, with Darnold back in the lineup, the Jets played a really good good game against Dallas. Um, and just, I mean, it was just a total meltdown in all phases of the game. The first series, the, the Patriots go on. I think a 16 play touchdown drive. Darnold turns the ball over five times. Just really on all levels, just a terrible performance by the Jets. Yeah, let me ask you something. Are are you alarmed? And what's the temperature up there? They had him mic'd up, and I was surprised at some of the things that I heard him say to uh, Adam Gase, and we'll get to him in a minute too, by the way. Um, When he said he he looked like he was seeing ghosts, I'm sure his teammates, if they, they obviously didn't hear it, but how does Gates have confidence in him? And, and, and since he was mic'd up and now everyone's heard it after the fact, what kind of confidence do they have in a quarterback that says, I'm seeing ghosts? It's like, that, that's the weirdest thing I've ever heard from a, a, a player who plays a position that is really an alpha male position. Well, you know, the Jets are actually pretty mad that that made it to air because I, I was asking around a little bit. And from what I understand, it's not that unusual. Of a, I'm not sure that those specific words are spoken, but... Darnold was essentially saying that he was having a tough time seeing what New England was doing. You know, he wasn't really, they were kind of a step ahead of him. And the Jets were kind of angry because, because of like, it, it kind of turned into a big ordeal. You know, it kind of turned into an internet meme. I, what Darnold was really saying was that the Patriots, he was having a tough time figuring out what the Patriots were doing. Um, I, I still think that this Jets team has a lot of faith in Darnold. He's clearly the best quarterback that they have. Um, so, you know, I don't think, I think, honestly, I think it's probably being a little bit overblown. No, oh, okay. Well, that, there you go. That's a, that's a great explanation. And, uh, you know, I know the Jets fans hope for their sake that that's exactly uh, what it is, that it's a little bit overblown and it's probably a common thing. Certainly there were some guys on, on TV, the national guys that played the game that said that that was weird uh, that he said that. Let me get to Adam Gates real quick. All bug-eyed and everything. Uh, <laughs> Has he has he been a disappointment? Because there are a lot of people that were surprised that after what he did in Miami that he even got this job. That's a great question. You know, I, I'm almost tempted to say no, just because disappointment would imply that expectations were higher with this guy. If you went back through the Jets fan base in January, it was really interesting because there was a diverse set of opinions on who the coach should be. Some people wanted the like experienced guy, Mike McCarthy. Some wanted kind of like the blank slate and Matt rule. Who's Baylor's coach. But it was the funny thing among, among the fan base was the sentiment seemed to be, seemed to me to be consistently. I want this guy, you know, I really don't want this other guy, but I'll be able to talk myself into it as long as it's not Adam Gase, because we had watched Adam Gase really not do a very good job for a division rival uh, with the dolphins. And, uh, it, it's so I think expectations were low, but I think that said, I think Gase has managed to some uh, Gase has somehow managed to to not meet the low expectations. I mean, you look at this this team on offense. Now, granted, they've been without Darnold for half the games, but Darnold was also in half the games. They've scored more than eight points on offense once all season. And I know, like they played a couple of games with the third string quarterback Luke Falk, but. 
I mean, there are just some things here that are tough to explain. Uh, the blocking schemes are really tough to figure out what the Jets are doing. They're constantly being out-schemed by opponents' fronts. Um, it's just, it's it's very, to be honest with you, it's it's been very frustrating. I think we're reaching the point where I probably would not have guessed this at the start of the season, but we are reaching the point where if things don't start improving, this could be a one-and-done situation, I think, with Gase, because this it's just been so unbelievably bad for this team. Wow. That, you know, after what I saw last year with Steve Wilkes in Arizona, nothing actually shocks me in terms of uh, coaches getting fired after one year. I, I want to ask you about a player um, defensively. Uh, Quentin Williams, his younger brother, Quentin, was a third round pick here for Jacksonville. He was starting and has been replaced in the starting lineup because he struggled a little bit. The story was that Quentin, who's the younger brother uh, of Quentin, uh, I'm sorry, Quincy, Quincy's here. Quentin Williams is, is, is in New York. The story was the younger brother was a little more successful. I really compared this guy to Reggie White coming out. I'm shocked when I look up and see that the team that picked him third overall, he wasn't even starting last night. Was that due to injury? Or, I, mean, I mean, I'm sorry, starting Monday. Was that due to injury or was that due to that he hadn't just caught on to what Greg Williams wants him to do yet? Um, you know, Williams likes to rotate his defensive linemen. Um, he has been a little banged up. He missed a couple of games earlier in the season with an ankle injury. He played against Philadelphia. He played 77% of the snaps. He played 62% of the snaps against Dallas. So he's getting his fair share of playing time. I do think, I do feel like they may be trying to ease him in a little bit. So, you know, I think it's, a, he's not playing, you know, 90% of the snaps right now, but he is getting a decent share of it. And I think, I think a lot of it, just hearing from what Williams has had to say, I think a lot of that is kind of philosophical. Williams really believes in rotating defensive linemen in and out to keep them fresh. Um, I'd, be, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't a little surprised his snap, his share of the snaps wasn't higher. But I think it's—I don't think it's necessarily a knock on him. I do think he's off to a little bit of a slow start, but I don't think it's necessarily a thing that should engender a ton of concern. Yeah, okay. We were speaking with John Buchko from uh, Locked On Jets. I'm Tony Wiggins from Locked On Jaguars. This is our Wednesday crossover edition. Uh, I, I got to mention this because with Sam Donald being a second-year quarterback, um, sometimes fans will look at a different situation and see a guy who was picked lower who's having better success. And right now, Gardner Minshew is having a lot of success while Donald isn't having that much success. And I know the optics are, are a little bit different and the expectation for both teams. Uh, but what do you, what do you say about that uh, in terms of what the Jets fans might think uh, of a six round pick out of Washington state, possibly outplaying Gardner Minshew. I mean, I'm sorry, outplaying uh, Sam Donald up to this point. Well, I think, you know, there probably would be some frustration, but at the same time, I think, Lot, there are a lot of teams with a young quarterback that kind of wish they had Gardner Minshew right now. Um, I think right now we'll see what happens. And that, that was a dismal performance by Darnold on Monday night, but I still think that the large portion of the fan base is behind, behind him and believes in him long-term. Um, you know, I think in a way I almost feel like Minshew going so late kind of takes the pressure off because you're not comparing him directly to, yeah, in a way, because Minch is a sixth-round pick, he's not a direct comparison the way like a Josh Allen in Buffalo would be. I think when you talk about a sixth-round pick, I mean, yeah, maybe the Jets missed on Minshew, but so did pretty much everybody else, including including the Jaguars who passed on him multiple times. I think that's one of those situations where nobody in the league really was expecting this out of Minshew. So I think in a way it's actually 
probably less of an apples to apples thing than you'd see if it was a you know a Lamar Jackson or a, a guy who went in the same class and in the first round. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Uh, by the way, there's two things I said I wanted to talk to a guy from New York. You guys are traveling down. I want to tell you about the weather, and then I'm going to tell you about some food options for you guys because I know the Jets Nation is going to travel. So first of all, uh, or first and foremost, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to set this up. John, you're going to ask me some questions, and I'm going to answer some questions about Jacksonville, and then we'll do a little bit of back and forth offense and defense in just a second. But uh, real quick. It, it, it was about 80 degrees today here in Jacksonville. So maybe Jets fans, if they want to come down here, will have a chance to enjoy some weather that they may not be getting up in the Northeast. It's Crossover Wednesday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. John from Locked On Jets, Tony from Locked On Jaguars, previewing this weekend's game between the New York Jets and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, so, Tony, I guess the first question I have to ask is, is what Gardner Minshew doing, is that sustainable, do you think? I mean, he's come out of nowhere and played some really effective football for your team this year. He's a chalkboard guy. So from the point of understanding what he wants to do and from John Filippo, the offensive coordinator, understanding what he can do, it's sustainable to the point where they could be competitive in just about every game because the kid had a lot, has a lot of moxie. But I will tell you this, uh, JB, I, I – if they're going to contend, if that defense is as good as we think, even though they traded Jalen Ramsey away, if that defense is still with that front seven as good as we think they are, and Leonard Fournette continues to play the way he's playing, he's a second-leading rusher in the NFL, they're going to need Nick Foles to beat the elite teams. You're not going to beat Kansas City. You probably won't be able to beat the Colts and Houston uh, decisively enough. Uh, you got three games against them in the next eight. Uh, you, you're not going to be able to to be a decisive enough favorite or, of, of course, beat New England. And who's going to let Bill Belichick come in here or us go up there and we play him with a rookie quarterback? I think with Nick Foles, what you have, and he's practicing this week, he's eligible to come back in the middle of November. I think he's the guy that's going to get you home because you've seen him do it before. You've seen him have probably the best crunch time performance uh, against the Bill Belichick coach's team in history when he won the MVP of the Super Bowl. So for my take, I think they need to probably, if they want to win it now, make a move back towards Foles. But the fans around here will be livid because everyone around here has a head, uh, a T-shirt, a Gardner Minshew T-shirt, of course, and they have the headband and the shades. So it's kind of like a phenomenon that's taken on a life of its own. And by the way, Breaking Tees slash Locked On, you can get your Gardner Minshew gear there too because they have a deal with Locked On Jaguar. So it's a lot of stuff on Locked On and Breaking Tees. But it's a phenomenon, and it's it's wild. But I think if they're smart, what they'll do is they'll go back. They'll go back to Nick Foles when it comes crunch time. Now let me ask you about this Jaguars defense because it's a unit that they rode to the brink of the Super Bowl two years ago. Now I know they're – they're in life without Jalen Ramsey now. How does this defense compare with what the Jaguars had when, back when they were making their run a couple of seasons ago? Well, they're a little bit different. And in the ways that they're different is uh, two seasons ago, they had Dante Fowler and Malik Jackson. Uh, in the last game uh, of that season against New England, Dante Fowler had two sacks. Malik Jackson had eight and a half sacks. Dante had nine and a half sacks. Malik went to the Pro Bowl. So that's 18 sacks that you have to replace from that team, and they no longer have Jalen Ramsey, who's a lockdown, shutdown corner. 
So it, it's a little bit different where they have Josh Allen now, who's the seventh overall pick in this year's draft. He's playing well. Uh, they use Calais Campbell more inside, and they have Yannick Ngakwe on the other side. They finally got loose this weekend and created some turnovers, some pick sixes, a lot of sacks. Even uh, Yannick Ngakwe scored on a pick six on the screen. So you finally started seeing it uh, uh, this week. And I think they were motivated because – the loss of Jalen Ramsey, who they're all cool with and friends with, but business is business. Uh, that's where they differ. They differ in that respect. They don't have the same experience that they had before. And now they have two young safeties, uh, both Barry Church as well as Tayshawn Gibson have moved on to other situations. So they have two young safeties. They're extremely athletic on the back end, but it's all about chemistry. It's all about everyone coming together and playing right at the right time. They, they struggled against Kansas City earlier this year. So we'll just have to see what they do against these better teams down the stretch. How's the offensive line? Uh, that's a great question, by the way, because I hate to be long-winded on these answers. They do have a problem at left tackle because Cam Robinson, the third-year player out of, out of Alabama, has not played well. He was coming back off of an ACL, and now he has turf toe. So they're going to have to go with Cedric Obuye or either move a second-year player, Will Richardson, over to left tackle. They're run blocking like crazy on the left side. All of Fournette's 700 and some odd yards, most of it comes on the left side of the formation. They're not getting – they're getting virtually nothing on the right side. And uh, the rookie Jawan Taylor is manning the right side. Uh, and they're doing okay in pass protection with the exception of the left tackle position. But – so far, Gardner Minshew has been able to move around a little bit, so it kind of negates some of that. He gets in a little bit of trouble when he fumbles the ball when he has, when he has contact. Uh, the Jags have been fortunate enough that they've recovered some of those fumbles. But remember, Nick Foles got hurt on a play where he got pressure and he stood and, and stared down the gun barrel, connected on a touchdown to DJ Chark. But on the, on the fall down, he broke his collarbone. So uh, it's a little bit of a mixed bag right now here with the offensive line. You mentioned Fournette's, as you, as you mentioned, Fournette's having a big bounce back season. Is this a run first offense? Uh, they, you know what? I, I, I won't necessarily say run first because when people think of the Dallas Cowboys back in the early 90s with Emmitt Smith, they thought it was a run first. They actually didn't. They threw the ball. If you watch Troy Aikman splits, they threw the ball a lot more in the first quarter than they did any quarter of the game. But what that did is it established the run. So they get, you know, a little bit of uh, play action going early and get Gardner Minshew out on the rollouts, hit those wide receivers. But make no mistake about it, Fournette ends up with 25, 26 touches a game. Last week he had uh, uh, 29 touches for 131 yards on the ground, and then he caught a couple of passes. So uh, they want to run. That's their priority. But sometimes they actually come out and establish the passing game first and then go back to the run. And who are the weapons to look for in the passing game? I'm glad you asked, man, because uh, the the guy that is has taken everybody by storm is the second-year player, DJ Chark, uh, out of LSU. He's a second-round pick. Uh, some people thought he was going to be a natural bust. He had one-year production in college. This kid has worked so hard, and I think he's one of the top ten in the NFL right now in, in, in catching. And uh, he, he looks like A.J. Green. Probably with a little a little more toughness over the middle. He's about six four, a little bit over two ten. Can run like the wind. The other is former Bolitnikoff winner, uh, D.D. Westbrook out of Oklahoma. 
He's in his third year. All of these guys are playing better because they don't have to catch Blake Bortles' passes. They also went out and got Chris Conley, who played 75% of the snaps in Kansas City last year. He's a big target who can run after the catch and catch tough balls over the middle. He had his best game last week as a Jaguar, so I know he's looking to continue that. If they struggle anywhere, it's at the tight end position. They lost one of the tight ends early, and then they lost another one uh, two weeks ago. Uh, and they have a third-round pick and a guy named Josh Oliver out of San Jose State who pulled a hamstring, and he just got activated uh, before last week's game. So they, are, they don't have any production out of the tight end position right now. All right, Anthony, let's move on to some of the key matchups in this game. What matchups are you looking at? I'm looking forward to Le'Veon Bell versus Miles Jack and the linebacker crew. The linebacker crew is banged up. They signed a guy today off the street, a uh, uh, kid who was played for Seattle, who was a Super Bowl MVP about five years ago. They activated a kid off of the practice squad because they, they've been losing linebackers left and right. I want to see if Donald can get enough protection to actually get the ball underneath to both uh, Jamison Crowder as well as Le'Veon Bell. And on the other side of the ball, I want to see if the offensive line can block Quentin Williams, Leonard Williams, and keep those guys out of the backfield. That's exactly what I want to see. Uh, What do you think uh, are are the key matchups from your perspective? So from the Jets' side, here there are two that really kind of scare me, and it's those receivers you talked about against the Jets' corners because the Jets just don't have quality corners right now. Uh, Trumaine Johnson was a very good player years ago with the Rams, but it's the it's the point where he's on he's unplayable. I mean, he's giving 10-yard cushions and still getting beat over the top. It's painful to watch at this point. Daryl Roberts, who's starting across from him, is kind of a journeyman who's be best served as a dime back. So I think that that's a very problematic matchup for the uh, for the Jets. And then on the other side of the ball, you, you talked about the, some of those pass rushers the Jaguars have, um, and Gakwai and Calais Campbell and Josh Allen, who Jets fans are probably familiar with because there was a lot of buzz that the Jets were looking at taking Josh Allen in the draft this year. Of course, they did not, and they took Quinn and Williams and Allen fell to the Jaguars. The offensive line for the Jets has just been a mess all season. Um, and I, I think that you know the 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 talent that Jaguars have a pass rusher. I mean, it's the type of thing that could just wreck the game for the Jets. Yeah. Uh, what I'm looking at, I'll give you my score right now for the game. I say 23-17 Jacksonville. I do think it's going to be a little bit tougher. I think the Jets will play more like they played against Dallas than they played against New England. And I think Greg Williams, Greg Williams is going to be able to do some things that confuses Gardner a little bit. Sean Payton. Sean Payton made it a point. He did not want his pass rushers rushing past the quarterback. He wanted to basically almost play like a gap and hole where they came up and they prevented him from scrambling to make him play from the phone booth and give him some things coverage-wise that they thought he didn't see. So I think there'll be a little bit of that. I think it'll be tough, but at the end of the day, the thing you just said, the Jaguars' defensive line versus the offensive line of the Jets, as well as the Jaguars' ability to make plays and the Jets' lack of ability to make plays is going to be the difference in the game. Well, John, man, it's been fun. John Buchko, don't be a stranger. Uh, uh, everybody check out Locked On Jets and, and Locked On Jaguars. We're doing this right now, man, uh, constantly dropping all of this great uh, coverage for these two teams. John, it's been a pleasure, man, and I appreciate it. Same same, same here. I hope we can do it again soon. Yes, sir. John Buchko of Locked On Jets along with Tony Wiggins for Locked On Jaguars.